Welcome to Rutten Radio. Rutten Radio is a monthly podcast we bring you the first Wednesday of the month with the Rutten Brothers, Father Paul Rutten, Pastor of Immaculate Conception Parish in Watertown, Father John Rutten, Pastor of St. John Paul II Parish in Harrisburg, and Joe Rutten, Professor and Director of the Benedictine Institute for Leadership, Ethics, and Social Justice at Mount Marty College. Let's join them now for a little faith, family, and plenty of fun. Good morning, rock stars! You're listening to Rutten Radio here on RPR. That's Real Presence Radio. Coming at you live from Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Actually, we're not technically live. We do pre-record this, if you're wondering, but... It sounds better when you say you're live. <laughs> uh, Joe Rutten here. I'm your host uh, as I'm joined, as always, by my wonderful brother, Father Paul Rutten. But we are a little light this morning here. Uh, we're missing a priest. Father Paul, what happened to Father John? He had to do priestly things. Oh, unfortunately, Father John's not able to be with us. My my doppelganger of doppelgangers, right? The, the right. real deal, the zygote that I... Shared Shit. the most. But. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, oh, it's it. going to be a we great show. Aver- we did the Avera test, the right. genetic tests, yeah. and we're like literally um, identical. Identical, yeah. Of like 12,000 markers, we share all of them, but like 13. So it's pretty crazy on the. Uh, so whether we like it or not, there literally is almost two of us there. So, uh, Father Paul, thanks for joining us here and uh, being with us. We'll get to all the fun updates and all that stuff, but we always want to first start just by encouraging our listeners. Number one, these shows don't happen without sponsors, so uh, you know, just support the great radio sponsors that support Real Presence Radio. And on the other side of things, we love the interaction, and so you can follow us online through Facebook is the primary way, Rutten Radio on Facebook to kind of interact with us, ask us questions throughout the show, and uh, we love to just be able to to be in relationship with with our fans out there from coast to coast and around the globe. Um, and then uh, you can also find, find all of our podcasts, our warehoused on the Real Presence Radio uh, app. So you can go to that uh, Real Presence Radio app. If you don't have that on your phone, holy smokes, get with the, to- get with the times. Uh, get an app on your, your smartphone and, and just go there. You can get all of our monthly shows uh, accessed there. And uh, otherwise, you know what? I did realize there's a lot of people that just do the traditional radio. So if you're out there listening, uh, we're, we're happy to have you with us here. So with that, we've got a great show this uh, this morning. We're going to do two sections, Faith and Culture, Movie of the Month, Braveheart. Can't wait. Can't wait. Can't wait. One of my favorite <laughs> top five movies. And then we'll do a little uh, second half hour segment on Practicing the Presence of God. Um, I'm really excited about that. Like, how is it that we kind of do this thing we call spirituality and faith in regard to our Catholic Christian religion? So that's going to be fun. Father Paul, what have you been up to? Uh, Catch us up with what's going on in your life. Well, since uh, last uh, airing, uh, I got a phone call from our bishop (laughs) and my life uh, was changed. Just a little bit or a lot? A lot. Uh, yeah, so actually, as this is airing, um, at noon, I will become the pastor of St. Mary's. So it's official. There's a letter that you have to write the bishop, and it says, at noon on August 7th, I resign as the pastor of Immaculate Conception. So at noon, 
I resign as the pastor of Immaculate Conception, and then I become the pastor of St. Mary's, which is actually called the Immaculate Heart of Mary. No. Parish. What? And the day I accepted the assignment was on the feast of the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Dude, you can't make that stuff up. Bishop called me on the Sacred Heart of Jesus Friday night, and Saturday morning I accepted it without knowing the name of the parish was truly Immaculate Heart of Mary. Wow. <laughs> so if you ever want some signs, they usually come together. Wow. We'll, uh, we'll talk about more of that in yeah. the second half hour, because that's the presence of God, I believe. Yeah. So yeah, so it's exciting. Uh, it's always hard to, to leave and start over. and um, But at the same time, it's kind of nice to come back to Sioux Falls. I know people, um, I sent them a letter, gave them a little heads up, uh, tips on how to make their pastor happy, all those good things. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. Well, I am I know as I kind of run around town and do some of my things that people are excited. Um, it won't come without its uh, challenges. It's not like this is a um, ideal or, you know, that somehow it's just a grand, but the reality is, is it's uh, when we're in the presence of God and we've answered his call and it's his will, then, you know, it, it all works out. So there's lots of people that are thoroughly excited uh, to have you come join them. And I'm not really sure if there's an overload of ruttons in Sioux Falls now or what, but <laughs> uh, all of a sudden yeah. the sisters are all going to start moving back into town or something and we're going to, yeah. we're going to load up. But so Father John up in Harrisburg, just right outside uh, you at St. Mary and obviously myself, I'm a cathedral parishioner. Uh, my kids go to Holy Spirit school and then I work in Yankton. I do a few days down. So, uh, great. Um, so, you know, summer's like fast approaching, yeah. uh, its conclusion. Yes. So I just thought, well, you know what, uh, everybody talks about like once July 4th comes, then July's gone and then it's August and you're talking school supplies and all this fun stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but I always like to stop and say, well, let's not lose it still summer, right? You know, it's uh, what what do you enjoy about summer? What's that thing that you kind of stop and think when you get to the end of the summer, you look back and you say, you know what? This is what I really enjoyed about the last couple of months. I think often in the summer you can find those just late evenings of just kind of sitting outside a bonfire, uh, talking about life, just kind of enjoying uh, the simple things. You know, we always say we need to slow down. And then we don't slow down. Um, but to, to really take that opportunity. Um, so for me, though, this last whole month, I have not had to cook one meal. Oh, because your <laughs> current parish just doted on you? Oh, my or? gosh. It was, yeah, I, yeah, it was, yeah, literally. Some days I even had three meals. Right. Actually prepared at someone's house or so we lost um <laughs> two of our associates we kind of had two you know yeah, the you got able, one it, of mine right right yeah, so yeah. in the transition when um uh when one of the associates kind of gave his last mass or he mm-hmm. announced when it was yep. announced in july he just said you know i i i really would love to come have dinner at every one of your homes i am but just realize i can't come right. to like i have like Three weeks here, and then my whole life changes. And so it immediately made me realize how much we love our priests, right? And you just, you want to be with them and, and everybody it's, it's your priest to everybody. It's your, but for you, we're like a thousand people, (laughs) you know, whereas for us, there's one of you for them. There's a, so anyway, we, so I just uh, sort of handed my calendar over to God and said, all right, Lord, 
you really? fill it in. Really? And it was amazing. The different ones came together. And uh, a few of them I've been to more than once. Right. <laughs> uh, you know, but yeah, it's it's been unbelievable. So well, great. It's gonna be a great end to summer. And I I'll just follow up with you that late evening, simple things and slowing down. Yeah. It's a fantastic little reminder to say, hey, we still got a few weeks left here, you know. Let's soak this in and let's enjoy this as we wrap up August. So uh, go get your school supplies, but don't check out from summer yet, baby. Let's get this thing. Uh, let's do this. Right. Let's finish this thing. So let's, let's go to Braveheart. Freedom! The movie of movies. All right. So movie of the month of faith and culture. One of my top five of all times. Braveheart. First, the disclaimer, Father Paul. We probably have... Uh, 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 a fair bit of violence, for sure. Yes, lots of violence. A little bit of vulgarity yeah. and maybe one uh, nudity, one kind yeah, of uh, scene of that might be. A, so with that, uh, parents out there listening. Well, actually, there's also the other, uh, when they're in the battle uh, and all the guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's yeah. that one, too. But <laughs> the, you know, it's not the son, but the... It's, it's an adult. Know. Yeah, There's some adult anyway. themes, but all of them, in you know, what I felt like, though, was... Even the the one scene that that's inappropriate, it's their wedding night. Yeah, right. you know, and so those kinds of things. But yep. uh, but violence really would be the other. Violence is really yeah. the big thing. So what do we have? Let's set the context for those that haven't seen it, and if you haven't seen it, um, immediately go watch it. <laughs> uh, it but it's but just need, story. You need three hours. You do need three hours. It is two hundred two forty, I think, or yeah. something. It's got some time to it, but it you'll you'll be captivated. So it's uh, kind of the, the legendary story, right? It's almost like these Norse sagas, these these great epic cultural sagas that we put out about different people. And in this particular situation, it's the Scottish saga of William Wallace. Mel Gibson's the producer, makes the film, and he plays William Wallace, set in the 13th century. And basically, it's the Scottish against the Irish. And the so English. the or the English, my bad. Yeah, the English. Yeah, yeah. The Irish are with the Scots on this yeah. whole thing. So it's, you know, the English conquering them, and they don't want to be conquered. And uh, So anyway, you have this English monarch, Edward the Longshanks, um, who is basically ruling England and is taking the suffragists of Scotland. And Scotland finally gets tired of it. And William Wallace is going to lead the rebellion of the commoners. He's going to become the epic warrior that takes on the great Goliath of the English army. And um, I don't know if we spoil it, but obviously victory doesn't always come in the way that we imagine for the hero or for the country in which the narrative is set. And so with that, um, we have a number of themes that really come out of this, and it, it's just fantastic. So I'll kind of just turn it over to you, Father Paul, and let you say, all right, here's the context. What kind of, what things jump out at you initially that uh, provoke something in you from a narrative or a theme standpoint? I think uh, right away at the beginning, that reality that as a early age in life, there's many things that happen that imprint upon you and inform you uh, as a person. And sometimes I don't think we stop to really think about that. And to really, I mean, I would really say everyone should stop and say, what things in my childhood really had an impact, either positive or negative. And so for him, you know, again, as a little boy to see that the village, you know, they're all hanging there. Uh, and then his dad goes off to fight and then, and then he's dead. And all of these things like, and his desire to want to go fight, 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 fight as well. But just as a, as a kid, uh, 
the tragedy that he he sees at such a, a young age um, is important because it really does play into who he is as, as a man. Uh, and then the importance of having somebody to help you along the way. His uncle comes, you know, to take him and and really gives him a real formation and real culture and uh, really to understand, um, you know, they say the line, I know you can fight, but it's our wits that make us men. Right. You know, and that ability, it's not just a brute force. Like so often in life, we just want brute force to, to get things done. Uh, but that really ability to think and, and, and look at what are we doing and why are we doing it and what's the best way uh, in the midst of all of that. Um, I think he, uh, it's interesting when he, so he's a young boy, watches this tragedy with his father and uh, what happens immediately is the uncle comes and takes him away, right? Right. And it's it's almost like Christ's period of silence that leads up to his three years of ministry. That yeah. likes this this, this hidden this re, yes this hidden. And we don't even know what he does. All we know is that when he returns, yeah. he begins to reveal pieces about sure. what he's been doing. But that ultimately we know what was happening was he was becoming a man. Sure, right, and that, it was preparing him for. What would be asked of him? Right, right, and I, I really think that's a that's a great little insight there. That tragedy, that that motivates maybe or provides the foundation for his preparation. Right, right. Why is it that you're leaving and going away? Right. Well, it's because of this tragedy, and ultimately, though, that idea sure. that says we're we're also sent on mission, and so we're coming yeah. back. We're going to right. be going to do something. Yeah, yeah. Because he says that when when his uncle comes to take him, he says, "But I belong here." All right. You know, and so that again, I think it's important for us to have a sense of where do I belong, uh, and and for him to belong there. But that doesn't mean that he gets to stay there all the time. And so for him to leave, uh, he comes back still knowing where he belongs. Um, you know, it was just, a, it, it is a great line. Uh, I, I, the connection between that, the first scenes of his childhood and then uh, as he returns is the first part of the movie, right? Mm-hmm. You know, it's just a small segment, but it represents a significant um, backdrop to it. And I, I'd like to, in that, he... He has this young girl that uh, comes to him at the funeral before he he leaves and gives him this little handkerchief, if you will, yeah. um, this, this this piece of linen or lace that has a flowers on it or th- something of this nature, and and so so this is, and then when he comes back, he comes back and he still has this this cloth, right? right? Or this flower? But she gave him a flower. It's a flower. It's a little flower. That's she gave what, it to him. And then he returns it to her. Right, right. And so that idea of uh, what I really found in that was this this concept of hope. Yeah. That even in the midst of tragedy and trial, um, of being removed from your place of belonging, from the context of, uh, I, could you imagine this young boy now is going to go into a society of culture and formation like he's going to be traveling to rome and jerusalem all these places he's he has no idea he's a peasant's child with nothing to and yet in that that flower i sense this idea of hope that there's a presence with him that he's taking something with him from who he is he's taking the roots and then that thing kind of goes all the way to the end and we see at the end there's this cloth that that 
uh, William Wallace has, right? And that then he gives, he, he drops it at his death, right? Yep. So when he dies, he drops this cloth from his hands. He no longer needs that hope, right? It's, yep. he's, he's gone from this earth. He's going to go to the afterlife. And, th- and then we see that cloth pop back up next at the end when the, the new king of Scotland, the Bruce is going to lead his people into battle. And here's this symbol of hope that he seems to mm-hmm. possess, but it's only needed here. Right. Right. It's not needed once a person's done with this project, this purpose and to say, what's our hope? Right. What do we hold on to? What's that? I, I gave my, my boy, Leo, he's seven years old. I gave him a miraculous medal. Oh, sure. That he, he got this thing where he can uh, put together wristbands. Right. And, in he put it on his wristband. Oh, nice. So then he takes it to daycare. He takes it to Camp Kendall. And everybody at Camp Kendall thinks, hey, you got this bracelet. Oh, and look, there's this cool little metal on there. And you know, yeah. and, and he doesn't even know what the thing is, right? And he's right. like, oh, yeah, it's a metal. Everybody wants the metal, right? And I'm thinking to myself, you know, it's kind of like that little thing that these are, we have all these sacramentals in our life. Mm-hmm. What are those things in our life that help preserve us, give us hope? Sometimes there are loved ones that literally have passed away, mm-hmm. but that they're only for this world. Right. And this isn't actually where we're staying. We're going to the next. This is a journey. And on that journey, I need little things that kind of encourage me along the way. Yeah. Other themes that jump out at you, this idea of preparation that you speak about, and I love the belonging. Um, you know, there's yeah. things like love and tragedy and all sure. kinds of other things woven in here. I, I also, I think one of the other ones that was important was after they win the the, the first decisive battle and they knight him, uh, and then they're arguing over the little <laughs> things. Uh, and he says, we exist to provide freedom for the people, not people to provide for us. And that real question, you know, especially for me, you know, as a priest, like, am I a priest? And are these people here to provide for me? Is that what my parish's <laughs> job is, is to make me happy? Right. Or am I there to give them freedom? Like right. real freedom, like to say, no, you don't understand. You have this incredible gift and and nobody can take it from you ever. Once you know you've got it, never be taken from you ever, 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 ever. Yeah. Uh, but it's so hard to not slide back into this, but they should provide for me. Like, right. Because again, as you said earlier, because they love you and they want to provide for you and you can sort of forget, but, but what I'm there for is to remind them of freedom. Right. And that freedom comes from Jesus Christ. And that freedom is a gift that, that once again, once you possess it, doesn't matter. You'll right. always be free right. as long as you choose that reality. Um, but again, those leaders, it risks. Right. It risks to give your people freedom. Oh, absolutely. Because <laughs> what, what, are, what do you get back then? Well, and so let's take this in a, in a, a, a concrete uh, circumstance. Let's say in business, right? You have business leaders or in healthcare, you have doctors and administrators, right? You know, it's like what, so leaders can get, if they're not careful to a point where they think everybody underneath them is (laughs) there to, to, yeah, they're their servants, right? It's like, whoa, this idea of servant leadership, right? That leaders are placed in positions to the service of community. The community isn't there to reward them for how great they are. (laughs) But the divide is in my heart between my selfishness 
my ego or a recognition of my purpose and my brokenness and my dignities just like everybody else's and solidarity of the family of others and that if I'm in a place, it's only because God desires me to be there to serve others. Right. And that's at the heart. Like I, tr- it's hard for me, but you know, yeah, I wake up and I really have to be intentional about saying, Lord, please give me a servant's heart today. Help me to think about <laughs> others and not be selfish. Yeah. Cause this is in my head and my heart deeply, uh, whether I like yeah. it or not, maybe it's when I get to heaven, I'm having a conversation with Adam. I really, really, really want to know, like, do you realize what you've caused me? Point being. Oh, happy fault. Oh, happy fault. Right. Because now I know my misery and my need. And And Jesus came. And Christ came, right? So that's a good point there that Christ came, right? So in this movie, Christian Reflections. Yeah. seem to be throughout, right? We have this idea of hope and we have, you know, Mel Gibson going away for a period of time yeah. and returning to mission. How he dies yeah. is very Christian. So yeah. maybe walk me through some of those types of uh, experiences in the movie. Yeah. Um, I'm just trying to think of where, where best to start. That's. I do think that there was the, the important, it was kind of fascinating, the important role that the priest did play Throughout the movie, hmm. you know, well, did he say the prayers? You know, his uncle asks, did he say the prayers? Right. And he's like, well, I, I don't know Latin. Well, did he, you know, so then he says a many, you know, like this real need. And then before the, hmm. you know, uh, before the battle, the priest is there, absol- you know, giving everyone absolution and they kneel down. And like, it really was important to them that they had uh, God present somehow in their, in their, in the midst of it all. Right. You know, and so. It, it it definitely was a, a real thing. Um, the other thing I think is they asked the question, what will you do with that freedom? And again, mm-hmm. we talked about that last week and I, or last month. And I think that's part of why we're doing the movie this time. Uh, you know, the Christian ideal of like, what are you doing with your freedom? Like, what are you doing with this? Um, and how do you, how do you choose one way or the other? You know, all of the different leaders have to make a choice and sometimes they choose wisely uh, and they use their freedom uh, to advance the cause. And then we know that in the end, uh, they, they decide not to support him right. uh, and they use their freedom to, to put somebody else in bondage. And, right. This is a great, uh, I think Alice, Alistair McIntyre, there's kind of a fame, uh, fam- a famous philosopher that talks about this freedom of indifference versus freedom, uh, uh, for excellence. And the idea is that your freedom is for something, right? It's not freedom from, it's not, you know, freedom isn't this thing just to be without imposition from others. It's actually the ability to live in a way that is freely capable of doing that, which you ought to do. And that's, but you have to be willing to risk everything. You know, and that's where you see many of the nobles. Dang, that sounds right. really, really good, Father Paul. But <laughs> right. you know, the, the nobles, reality of that I know, is not easy. And, and all those nobles are looking at their land and their property and their titles and all these things, and they're not willing to risk it, right, for real freedom, right. Boy, uh, and so, to deep, be able to look at that and, and really say, what is it in me? That I'm not willing to risk. What are, what is it in you that you're not willing to risk? What if I'm if I'm able to ask personally, um, what are the things that you struggle with? That well, that's a good question. You know, I'm an introvert, so it'll take me a while to think through that one. Um, 
I, I, I yeah. think that you hit on yeah. this is real, right? No. This is where practical spirituality for out there, for if you're out there listening, it's like we can talk a good game, but what yeah. does this really look like in my heart and in my mind? Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know. Do we need to write uh, that one down? We might come, need to write come that back one to down and practicing it, the presence of God. And look that one up. Um, um, it's yeah. I don't know. I'll, I really will have to ponder that. Um, yeah, because it's not easy. I mean, no, and it really is needed. Grace is needed. Grace, you know. Um, yeah. Yeah, fear. I have so many fears. Yeah, you know, it, it's really fascinating. So. As we're recording it, the upcoming readings this weekend are vanity of vanity. All things are vanity. Uh, to whom will get all the things I've built? And here I am looking at my parish, oh. and I'm thinking, I did all this. Oh, <laughs> like right. I built a new rectory. I got all these programs started. And now I have to give it to Father Fox. Like I have to hand over all my work to someone who didn't have to do any of this. Well, he did all kinds of things at Christ the King, and he's leaving his too. But this real reality as a priest, like, and instead, like, no, God did all this. Right, right. I just happened to be here while he was doing it. Right. But that real temptation to look around and say, I did this, and now what do I get for this? I get to move. Right. <laughs> Great. Okay, well, here I go. Um, and I think that could be one of those things where, where a priest would say, I'm not leaving. Right. Because... I've built my kingdom right here and, and, and I'm happy right here. Uh, but the scriptures say it's all vanity, right? It's all vanity. Cause all of this will go away. And right. all we're left mm -hmm. with is that relationship with Christ and the desire for eternal life. That's what matters. And if the rectory and the church get in the way of that, then it needs to go away. Right. You know, um, so I am like, well, okay, Lord, I guess you picked the right readings for me. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that great? I love oh. the readings. I, yeah. you know, as we talk about practicing the presence of God in the second half hour, um, last week I had one of those moments where the homily and the God, everything just was that Yeah, was the presence of God, but it was striking at my fears. It was striking at the things that I don't want to give up. Yeah. It was, but I think all of us are there every day. Oh yeah. This is what in, in, it isn't that we fix it. It's that Christ's presence is there. But are we discerning that? Do we do we think about and pray about and, and are we capable of assessing what's going on right. in our hearts? You know, we might yep. call this basic principle of spiritual discernment. Right. Because you can say, I mean, I could say, oh, I'm detached from all these things. And then I then I, then I have to hand the rectory over, and right. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> then the rubber meets the right. Road. You know, but so you can think you're detached, right? And then it happens, and you all of a sudden realize there's an attachment. Right. Uh, so, well, this is a great. I mean, we could go on for forever on Braveheart. Fantastic movie. It elicits so many Christian principles in the heartbeat of our faith. And he dies, he sacrifices his life on a cross, if you will, in some ways and freedoms, the principle that the cross gives that empowers the victory over yeah. the enemy. And we do need someone to help lead us, you know, like, like there is a need for, for someone right. to point us in the direction. And so we might ask, are you being led? And we might encourage you. Have a conversation with our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us for the first half hour of Rutten Radio. We hope that you'll uh, support our sponsors as you take a listen, and we'll be right back in just a couple minutes. You're listening to Rutten Radio on the RPR Network. Don't go anywhere. 
We'll be back with more of the Rutten Brothers after these messages. The only things hotter than the summer heat are the rates to run radio spots on the RPR network. That's not all. The Signal of Real Presence Radio reaches an audience of over 2.1 million people across North Dakota, Minnesota, South Dakota, Wisconsin, and Wyoming. Hi, this is Brett Byler, Area Account Executive with Real Presence Radio, and I want to help you grow your business in front of a very faithful customer base. Don't wait. Call me, Brett Byler, at 605-670-8333. Don't miss Taste the Goodness, a benefit for the Bishop Dudley Hospitality House, Saturday, August 24th, outdoors in downtown Sioux Falls. Taste the Goodness features an array of tasting options with foods, craft beers, wines, coffees, games, and activities with music provided by Good Road. For more information, contact the Catholic Community Foundation at ccfbsd.org or at 605-988-3765. Don't miss this fun summer festival for the Bishop Dudley Hospitality House, taste the goodness. Hello, I'm Linda Baldwin with the Mustard Seed Catholic Store here in Sioux Falls. We are now open 9 a.m. to 8 p.m. Monday through Friday and 9 to 5 on Saturdays. We're located at 3709 South Grange, just west of Costco. We stock Catholic books, artwork, saint medals, rosaries, Bibles, parish supplies, plus mystic monk coffee and gifts for those special occasions like baptisms, first communion, and confirmation. I look forward to your visit to the Mustard Seed Catholic Store here in Sioux Falls. The second annual Men's Golf and Faith Retreat is set for Friday, September 6th through Sunday the 8th at Craigans Resort in Brainerd. Join other Catholic men who like to golf for a weekend of faith, fraternity, and fun. This year's theme is The Mass, Heaven on Earth. There will be times of prayer, daily Mass, and four conferences given by Father Nicholas Nelson of the Diocese of Duluth. It's just $330 for the lodging, two rounds of golf, cart, breakfast, and even dinner on Saturday evening. Space is limited, though. Contact Father Nick to register at 218-666-5334. You know, there's so many Catholics, you know, they're, you know they've been Catholic their whole lives, and they've been filled with information. And we often, oftentimes we forget information. Um, but Catholic Radio it really has the power to... Um, bring about formation, mm-hmm. you know, formation. And it's not just information that we receive, but it's about forming the forming of our hearts, you know, closer to Jesus Christ. As we listen to these, you know, the wonderful broadcasting um, on Real Presence Radio, and you know, no matter how long we've been Catholic, the Lord has more for us, and He desires to draw us deeper. And and and, and you know, the programs on on, on Real Presence Radio um, allow the Lord to deepen his life in us i mean if we're paying attention and we see it not just more information that we you know that that we're receiving but this is really an opportunity as we listen as we're driving down the road listen to catholic radio that we're giving the lord the opportunity to continue to deepen our life in jesus to form our hearts to be like that of his own this is rotten radio on the real presence radio network now, back to more faith, family, and fun with the Rutten Brothers. And we're back right here at Rutten Radio on Real Presence Radio, uh, your Catholic network for local and regional Catholic media things, all things Catholic and media and outstanding programs and shows. And uh, we really are excited and happy and blessed that you've chosen to give your time to Rutten Radio here. So, 
Uh, we're a little light, as we mentioned in the first half hour. Father John is not able to be with us. So it's just me and Father Paul kind of getting after it a little bit here. I had a great conversation about Braveheart and Christian themes of hope and freedom and uh, fear and just a bunch of really good stuff there. So check out that movie in that first half hour if uh, you're just joining us now. For the second half hour, as we kind of take a look at this thing, we're going to, you know, kind of get real practical. We're just, it's, it's a spiritual, practical spirituality. We thought, let's talk a little bit, Father Paul, in this half hour about practicing the presence of God. Mm-hmm. We ended the first half hour by this conversation about a discernment of our interior life in relationship to some fears and, and th- obstacles to uh, freedom and to to working in God's grace. How is it that we can encourage listeners to practice the presence of God? How 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 can how do you how can your stories help us or your insights help us into saying how can I live daily in the presence of Christ? Um, that's a good question. I think sometimes I, I try through the homily to really either make a point uh, to encourage people to to try. Uh, and then to encourage people to share with others, we, we often don't talk about them, you know, either because we don't know what people would say, uh, or if they'd believe us or, you know, we keep that part of our life so private and, uh, and then, so then we have this idea that only really holy people right. have these mystical like encounters and, and like, I'm just this average, you know, person. And, uh, and I think when they can see it in someone and hear it, it resonates. And all of a sudden something resonates in them. Um, and I think, again, they need to be encouraged, you know, try it. Uh, this is really interesting. So the first thing you said as well, I basically just would encourage you to try this. Right. Like practice so practicing the presence of God is a practice. And so we think of like the practice of medicine or the practice of law, like this is something you do. Yep. It is a work. Yep. But, the, but the challenge is you have to, in a sense, A, ask God, so give him permission. And then you have to wait until he decides. And I think that's the hardest part. Like we want instant gratification, instant results. And so you might ask for something and he answers it three years later. Right. (laughs) But if I'm not convinced, I'm going to quit. So this is great. So in this situation where we're looking for something, right? What if I'm looking just right now, I feel completely detached. I don't feel plugged in, if you will. Is there a way that I can like try and, be in sure. God's presence right now in a way that isn't asking for something specific per se, all just to say, like, to feel like I'm, in, I'm connected somehow to the divine sure. reality. I think you just say that. Lord, I feel disconnected from you. Uh, why? Right. <laughs> uh, and I always tell people, uh, when's the last time you went to confession? Because hmm. uh, <laughs> that, that, you know, could be your beginning problem uh, that you haven't been there in a while. So go, like go to confession, call, call the office. The priest will hear your confession. You're awesome, Paul. Uh, so, so just 
Yeah. This is so good. This is so good. So it first practice it, then share it. You said share, you know, and so I, so here I am, and this is all of us, right? This isn't like somehow there's not rankings right. here, right. right? Like you're saying, it's not like the saints are the ones that talk about this. I think f- I, what my experience is, is that far too few, too many people just don't talk about their spiritual life or right. about faith issues or their conversations are about everything in the world about, but, but not the things that matter the most. Right. Talk to people about Jesus Christ. How many people, is it even uncomfortable? Try this. Right. If you're out, is it even uncomfortable to say the name of Jesus to another friend? Right. This is the savior of the, supposed to be for (laughs) us, right? The savior of the world, the fundamental principle of human existence, the thing which redeems me. And I don't even feel comfortable saying his name to another person. Right. That's a lot of people, including me. I struggle sometimes to be like, yeah. So to practice actually sharing your faith experience and your faith journey. And you said, go to confession. That might be a good way to start. I've got a story for you. All right. So last week I was really blessed um, to go on this great conference and it was like everything you could have hoped paradise to be and I'm miserable, <laughs> absolutely miserable. And I'm here and I'm realizing like practicing the presence of God. I, I just am not in the right place. Yeah. I am not. I, and so I'm like, all right, I know how to get out of the funk, right? This is a me problem. It's not a them problem. <laughs> this is not where I'm at. It's interior. I need to go to confession. Well, as I'm sitting in the mass, the priest gives the homily about the disciple or about the Old Testament, and it's the Israelites in the desert murmuring. Mm -hmm. They're complaining, right? Well, for 24 hours, I've been complaining, right? (laughs) So I'm like, oh, here we go. Here we go. And he says, you know, isn't this really interesting? The Israelites are in the desert complaining. You'd You'd complain too. You do realize this was six weeks after Moses parted the Red Sea. (laughs) One of the most epic things in human history you probably ever could witness. And six weeks later, they're grumbling and complaining and murmuring. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, no, that's me. So (laughs) now I enter into this. I'm in God's presence, right? I I recognize this is me. (laughs) Right here, I get all jacked up when when I feel like God's listening and answering my prayers and I feel his presence. And then the minute something's not going, I'm like, oh, woe is me. And I'm depressed and and I'm fearful. I get really scared and I'm insecure. So then I'm like, all right, I know. Yes, God, I hear you. You're here. (laughs) I need to go to confession, though. I need to get doubt and trust. I lack trust. I'm. You know, I need to get this stuff out. So I go to confession, epic confession, epic, epic confession, right? And all of a sudden, and all it came down to was whether I was doing the work or whether God was doing the work. And I thought for 24 hours, I had to do it all. And nothing was happening. It was a a human work that was tearing me up. And I said, Lord, if this is your deal, you put the people in front of me that I need to meet. The next two days, I met the most extraordinary people in the world. Some of them with big names, some of them with no names, the most extraordinary people in the world. And why this is important, because one of them was Patrick Lencioni, right? The, one of the great organizational leaders in America today. And little did I realize he has this whole secret little thing called the amazing parish that Mm -hmm. he helps Catholic priests and Catholic parishes build leadership teams. And I'm like, I'm listening to him. 
and he, he makes in front of 700 people, he makes fun of me about having two brothers that are priests. And he said, what happened to you? (laughs) So he kind of like took a shot at me, the whole room laughed, but yet we made a connection. And so we talked a little while and he was excited to hear about you. And so he has signed no way! A book for you, Father Aww. Paul. The Better Pastor, A Fable About Embracing the Role of Leading Aww. a Parish from Patrick Lencioni. And Good he luck, says, Saint Father Mary's. Paul, <laughs> thank you for your vocation. God bless Aww. you, Pat Lencioni. So, man, I am a blessed There you man. go. I uh, I had awesome. to pick between John and you. <laughs> no. no way! So I'm sorry, John, but I thought to myself, you know what? John's my twin brother. Like, I love him oh. dearly. He's, I'll get him next time. I don't know. I just, and then, you know, I thought, oh, you know. And so anyway, oh. it was the Holy Spirit. I was, but Thanks. the presence of God yeah. in the middle of all of this, yeah. Father Paul, is God. Like, I, Patrick Lencioni, there are people that would die yeah. to meet this guy. Right. And here I just happened to, but yep. all because I've put myself in a place of brokenness. I really was broken. Yep. I was struggling as lots of people are. And I just said, Lord, I give up. Right. Help me. This is yours. I went to confession and now the Lord keeps. So yeah, there, there's my practical example. Yeah. No. And I think you have to be aware that I'm trying to make this happen. So I'm trying to, you know, we're, we've all been guilty of this, right? You're in a big social setting and you're scanning the crowd to find the people you want to talk to right? <laughs> and who you don't want to talk, you know? And it's like, am I willing to just let God be the one that sort of guides uh, those kinds of things in the midst of it all? Um, yeah. And then I think you just have to, somebody has to start sharing. Mm. So they have to see it, you know, to, to understand it. And I can still remember when I was at uh, St. Thomas, I took a comparative religion class and we had to go experience other faiths worship. And I remember, I'll never forget sitting in this Baptist church and the, the minister's like, does anybody want to give a testimony? And I'm like, what in the world are we doing here? And this girl stands up and she's like, uh, and then she just starts talking about when she met Jesus last week. And I thought, if we tried this in the Catholic church, <laughs> like, like if I said, somebody like to stand up and give it, they, they're like crickets. Crickets. <laughs> crickets. And, but then I thought, but wow, like these people got to witness this young girl talk about this. And so it really has been part of like in our, in my former parish, parish, whichever one, Immaculate Conception, faith in real life. Right. Like they experienced a parishioner who they just saw Sunday after Sunday after Sunday share like this incredible story and it changed their outlook. Right. You know, and so they, well, somehow we have to begin to get people to talk and to share in a way that also isn't about them, but is about them. Right. Like, it's not like they're not sharing it to say, look how great I am, but they're like, can you believe Jesus did this? Like, did it. Like, how amazing is this? Right. Uh, and all you can do is encourage and then do it yourself. Right. Uh, and, and I think sometimes that's the hard part is we forget to do it ourselves. <laughs> right. Uh, and we're too busy telling everybody else, you need to go do this. You need to go do that. Uh, but once you begin to hear the stories and, and people begin to share them, it's like game over. Right. Uh, and it really is simple. It, it, but you got to make the time. Uh, and then you you got to ask God, right. like I I want I want to know your presence. So the priest told me uh, 
He said, one, he said, you need to get back to your 15 minutes of solitude a day. Yeah. He said, this doesn't work without, right. in, without that. Um, and that was a good reminder for me that this begins in solitude and yep. private by myself. Uh, and then the idea that is, it is, that's a reminder that even when I leave that place, it still all begins in prayer. Yep. It still begins in a place yeah. of recognition of I'm not the creator here. Right. I'm not the, I don't own grace. Right. I receive it. Yeah. Um, and then it's an action. It's a doing that I have to actually do some, I'm the vessel, right? It's not like God just takes, I just happen to be the accidental shell right. that he's using. John uh, Cardinal Henry Newman, I think he's going to be beatified, right? Is he gonna, yep. He's going to become St. Newman. Um, talks about us being given a purpose mm-hmm. that us alone have been given. He said, we might not know it until the next, but that it has not been given to another. Right. That's really ra- crazy and <laughs> radical. It's like, wow. So there's this huge responsibility, but then there's also at the same time, the recognition that you're just the vessel. Your point isn't you like somehow being qualified to do this. Right. We're not qualified. Let's get that out of the way. And the minute you try and think you're doing it, you'll prove that you're not qualified. <laughs> yep. Yep. Whatever that is in life, that might be being a mother this morning. Yeah. That might be trying to be a spouse that's holding together a marriage. This might be at the office where, you know, you just, you know, you're trying to lead a team of people that you're like, how in the world am I going to do this for the next three days, let alone the rest of my life? Wherever that thing is in your life, the practicing the presence of God is something that we do wherever we are. It's not isolated to circumstances. And that's why I think the idea of just you talking about sharing. Yeah. Do we share with the people in our lives, wherever they are at, these deeper interior things about our spiritual life and about things that matter to us? Or do we just kind of walk around and show up on Sunday for Mass and think that's what this thing's about? If that's it, then I understand why the traditional Christian religions and Catholicism are crumbling from a participation and a practice standpoint, because why would you even go to church on Sunday? If that's all it is, it's just sitting in a pew for an hour, but the rest of your week is like completely absent from the thing that's supposed to be the epic thing in your life. It's like, great. Got that done. Check the Vikings on yet. Let's go. Yeah. (laughs) It's, but, I've been there, right? I mean, and I still sure. could be there if I'm not taking care of my spiritual condition. So in your practice of the priesthood, um, what's the hope in this? Do you do you come to, are there stories of hope that you experience that like revitalize you and think, oh man, that guy's got it figured out or that lady know? Yeah. Wow. Oh yeah. I no, need to take a lesson from them. No, it, it's, it's, yeah, it's overwhelming. Uh, and God reminds me constantly, like I'll never forget this last uh, feast of the Holy Family. So I was preaching on holiness, and I just said, you know, we really don't know what holiness looks like because it never looks like us. It always looks like someone else. And I said, we have holy families right here. And it was like I looked out, 
and I could see it. Mm-hmm. Like I could see holiness in broken families and broken marriages and disasters. Mm. These ordinary people, these people that don't have their act together, these people that do have their act. Like there was holiness all over the place. And I just, I couldn't even speak. And all I did is just looked around at people. And I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm like, these people are so holy. Right. And they don't know it. Mm. And I'm like, look around. Like, look around people. Like, you are holy. And I don't, I think they were like, like, who? But it was like, but it was a grace because I'd preached oh, it the night before. Right. Nothing. It was a good homily. It was fine. I didn't see any of that. And then I preached it the next time and I'm like, oh my gosh, like, I can see holiness. <laughs> right. Right in the middle of it. And I just think to myself, Hopefully somebody like thought, oh my gosh, we are holy. Mm. Be- not because we're perfect and we got our act together. We're holy because we're baptized. Right. Because we just received communion, because we have sacraments. Like holiness is Christ in me. Right. We're being configured to Christ. Right. It's not me having it all put together in the midst of it all. So that was one of those ones where I'll never forget. And then the guy who's, who Jesus walked through the door, that was a good one too, uh, in our men's group. And Jesus walked right through a closed door uh, and around a table uh, and stood in front of one of my parishioners and then disappeared. <laughs> what? <laughs> so that was epic too. Uh, yeah. So we had men's group and we were all sitting there, the group of us, and we were talking and this guy got quiet and he got kind of goofy and was like putting his books together. And I'm like, Dave, are, are, you, are you okay? And he said, Jesus just walked through the door. And I'm like, oh, okay. Did he say anything? He said, this is good. Okay. <laughs> and he disappeared. I'm like, I'm like, ah, uh, well, what did he look like? <laughs> and he's like, wow. And he couldn't describe him. It was the divine mercy Jesus. Like he saw the image later. He's like, that was who walked through the door. Literally, he walked right through a closed door around the table, came to Dave, talked to him and disappeared. (laughs) It was epic. Like you could, epic. Like you could see this man, like something was happening. The amazing thing is, is now he's trying to figure out what to do with this. Like now he's got to live his life. And it's like, well, Jesus walked through a door and talked to me. And I'm still not perfect. Right. Right. (laughs) Welcome to humanity. Right. The Israelites saw the sea parted. (laughs) And then they're complaining. You know, they get manna from heaven and it's not what they want. Like, welcome to humanity. Welcome to humanity. Uh, So countless. I mean, it's it's endless. I had supper the other night with a lady and she said, again, these are these coincidences that you put together and you see God works. So we have adoration. And the lady couldn't make it. So she called this lady who she's never called before to take her place. So she goes for the first time to adoration. And she's like, well, I want what everyone else has, Lord. I want what everyone else has. I want like this profound thing. And she sat there for an hour, actually about an hour and a half, and nothing happened. <laughs> That's on a Wednesday. So she's like, well, I, maybe that didn't really work. You know, right? It didn't work. Right. She said she goes to church on Sunday. She's, you know, everything's fine. She goes up for communion, receives communion, receives the precious blood, sits back down, kneels back down. And she said, then bam, she said, I could feel him. Like, 
right there. I'm like, oh my gosh, ah, he's here. Hmm. And then she's like, I don't want to move. I want to stay right here hmm. with Jesus. And she said, but I can't because we got to stand up now. And it was just like, she's like, I'll never forget. Wow. And it's true. Like she'll always have that. Right. Right. And then six weeks later. Right. <laughs> she's she's going to be like. <laughs> right. And then her husband will say, do you remember? Right. Or maybe she'll say, do you remember? Or a priest in confession. Or a priest in confession will say, do you remember? <laughs> and so those moments may not ever happen again. Like Jesus may never walk through the door again for that guy. But he always can remember. Right. And she can always remember that one time in communion where it was like, wow, he's, he's right there. here. And it was so amazing. So, I mean, and I could tell, I mean, I could tell right. We go on and, on and on and on, right. That's the life of, that's the life I live as a priest. Right. And it's so amazing. So amazing. So I can't wait to get to St. Mary's uh -huh. and hear more stories. Right. Like this, uh, there's this book, uh, by Stephen Alth. He's a wall street business executive called the missionary of wall street. And for 10 years without really his professional life, knowing it, he did street missions oh, wow. on the corner outside old St. Pat's in Manhattan. In Soho, he would, with his wife and some others and some Legionnaire of Christ priests, sure. they organized it where the priests would be in old St. Pat's and then they'd put, they'd stake out on the, the sidewalks and they'd ask people if they were Catholic walking by. Oh, wow. And if they were, they would try and strike up a conversation. Sure. And the ultimate goal that they were trying to do it during Holy Week is lead people back to the mercy of Christ sure. in confession. Yeah. Um, and two things, one, it just reminded me one, how wonderful confession is. Mm -hmm. And we like, like, uh, talking about Christ and our faith, sharing it. Like, w I think we do a better job of encouraging and inviting people back to confession. Like we do adoration and communion. Sure. Like I think confession could use a, yeah. a little hold up. Right. Um, and then the other thing is at the end of the book, one of the priests, that's the priest that received the penitence talks about his experience and what oh. they say in there is that like as a priest I get to share with you just a little bit about what I experience all the time because I simply am in a place where humanity's experiences come most people right. aren't in that place right. they're yeah. they're they're raising a family so just to hear from priests sometimes about these great stories of hope and yeah. and forgiveness and recognition that practicing the presence of God is for all of us. Yeah. It's not something that's for the saint or mother Teresa alone or, but the reality is, is that common people every day in our parishes, in our schools, mm -hmm. on the streets, in our homes, our own children and spouses, they're not called to be perfect, right? We hope to be perfect. That's the goal. Perfect. Like our heavenly father, but we're called to be faithful as mother Teresa says, and our faithfulness to the presence of God in our lives, right. ultimately, you know, compiles this totality of our wholeness and our holiness that one day, this little veil that gets pulled back every once in a while. Oh yeah. That when this thing's all said and done, the whole thing's gets pulled back. We get to go stand before the almighty. Oh, yeah. No. It's... And to think that we're not created for this world. Yeah. We're created for the no. next man. Those were fantastic stories. Yeah. Father Paul. Yeah. One last one. Uh, so again, in our, the, the series that we did faith in real life, we had a couple speak and 
this guy confession was big is big for him. And so he said to the whole parish, so you imagine about 400 people, uh, he says, Father Paul knows everything I have ever done. And he still comes to my house for supper. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was so great to hear because there's always this fear that once father finds out I'm not perfect, right. he will treat me different and he won't want to be my friend. Mm. Uh, and so for him to say, he knows everything, <laughs> like everything. And he still comes for supper. Right. <laughs> and it was like, absolutely. Right. Absolutely. But there's that fear, right. you know, so I'll go find a priest that I don't know. And that'll be where I go. You know, <laughs> right, like right. we're looking for the one that I don't know. And if we, you're out there listening, by the way, sometimes I still do this. I'm like, well, <laughs> yeah, maybe no, I don't no, want that. Yeah. Well, I surely, surely don't want my brothers being the ones. Unless God but, orchestrates that. But, oh, but yeah, no, so this real ability to right. just be known and loved for yeah. who you are in the midst of it. Um, yep. And then to see that the circumstances, God knows the circumstances. Right. And so if he's got you there, then he's there. And hopefully right now, if you're out there listening, the Lord's got you. Yeah. He's got you right there in the palm of his hands. Just make yourself available to him in your mind. Turn your heart and your mind to him and just let us take a minute to invite Christ into our lives. Let us invite the Holy Spirit to come down upon us wherever we're at, to transform us, to be present to us as we conclude here with the family prayer. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Our Father, we thank you for your love and for your many blessings, especially for the precious gift of each other. Help us to show our gratitude by loving each other as you love us. Make us understanding and patient with one another, quick to admit our failings and ask forgiveness, generous to share in the joy and strength we can give each other. Father, give our family lively faith and the courage to share it with those around us. Direct us to the state and life you plan for each of us and help us to use your gifts to serve you. We entrust our family to your fatherly care. Preserve us from the corruption of the modern world and help us draw closer daily to you and to each other until we come to share with you the joys of heaven. Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, help us to be a holy family. Amen. God bless. We'll see you next time right here at Rutten Radio on Real Presence Radio. Amen. You've been listening to Rutten Radio on Real Presence Radio. To hear today's episode again, visit our website, yourcatholicradiostation.com, and find it on the Sioux Falls podcast page. You can also find it on our app under podcasts and special events. And be sure to tune in for more Rutten Radio next month. Rotten Radio on the Real Presence Radio Network. The second annual Men's Golf and Faith Retreat is set for Friday, September 6th through Sunday the 8th at Craigens Resort in Brainerd. Join other Catholic men who like to golf for a weekend of faith, fraternity, and fun. This year's theme is The Mass, Heaven on Earth. There will be times of prayer, daily mass, and four conferences given by Father Nicholas Nelson of the Diocese of Duluth. It's just $330 for the lodging, two rounds of golf, cart, breakfast, and even dinner on Saturday evening. Space is limited, though. Contact Father Nick to register at 218-666-5334. 
Taking what you experience on Sunday in church and applying it during the week at work can be a challenge. This year's Faith and Business Conference is for business owners, managers, and those that seek to integrate their faith into the workplace. This year's conference features world-renowned speakers that will help you take faith principles and turn them into business practices. Learn how to take your Sunday into Monday on Thursday, August 8th at the Ramcota Hotel in Sioux Falls from 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. For more information and tickets, go to faithinbusinessconference.com. The only things hotter than the summer heat are the rates to run radio spots on the RPR network. That's not all. The signal of Real Presence Radio reaches an audience of over 2.1 million people across North Dakota, Minnesota, South Dakota, Wisconsin, and Wyoming. Hi, this is Brett Byler, Area Account Executive with Real Presence Radio, and I want to help you grow your business in front of a very faithful customer base. Don't wait. Call me, Brett Byler, at 605-670-8333. 